the Action Network podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Raybon. This is your week 17 NFL betting preview where we talk about our favorite totals, teasers, underdogs, and crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread bets with the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky Duck. What's going on? How's your holidays? Uh, they were good. Was here here in Kentucky because it was the weekend, and I, you know, was had work with games, and my wife had work, and with a bar, and so I didn't travel. Luckily, hearing all the horror stories about traveling, luckily I wasn't one of them. Uh, it was another winning weekend in the NFL, which was good. Who cares? We're on to the next week. I I was uh probably I probably got lucky with the Cowboys. And then the Patriots game just made me so angry because the week before I was on the I faded the Bengals, who just <laughs> no showed in the second half, and after being, you know, down what twenty one or seventeen nothing, then this this is a complete opposite. And then the Patriots miss two extra points, miss a two point conversion, and fumble inside the ten and lose by the hook. So that one was annoying, but not sure I deserved it. But overall, winning weekend, not as good as you. I think you swept again. Yeah, three in a row. Uh, I think that's a record for on the on the six pack. But yeah, uh, which is all I I care about. Another great week for the pod. Let's keep it rolling into week seventeen. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, we're gonna start with the Thursday night football slate. So let's jump right into it. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. So we have the Dallas Cowboys going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. The line is 11. The total is 40. Uh, in The line is in favor of the Cowboys, obviously. The big thing to know here is the Titans essentially have to beat the Jaguars in week 18 to win the AFC South. So they essentially could treat this game like a preseason game, you might see them rest people here. And that's why this line is starting to balloon. Uh, so you're, you know, by the time you listen to this, we might have more clarity. Uh, but uh, as of now, it, it looks like it's a good possibility that the Titans kind of treat, take this game lightly and, and gear up for week 18. So with that in mind, uh, how do you kind of uh, approach this game? It's not there. There is actually one path where the Titans could get a wild card. But it would involve them winning this week and then them tying next week. Obviously, a lot of other things would have to happen. But there is like a half a percent chance that we could have the situation in Week 18 where the Jags and Titans, if they tie, they both get in. But it's so far beyond their own possibilities. And you're playing a superior opponent that – and you are dealing with a ton of injuries on a short week. So the Titans are just all in on next week's game, which will decide the division – 
The Jaguars, who we'll get to, they have a, a slightly better chance at a wild card, I think around 8 to 10%. So you might see them try a little more. But we do have more clarity on who the Titans will and won't play. Danico Autry, doubtful. <clears throat> just got just, the injury report just came out. Dylan Calder, linebacker, Zach Cunningham, Bud Dupree, all out. Christian Fulton, doubtful. Derek Henry, doubtful. Amani Hooker, out. Petit Ferrer, out. Tannehill, out. Jeffrey Simmons out like it, they are resting I, what 10 starters. Yeah. They don't need this game and the Cowboys could still win the division. The Cowboys have incentive to win the Cowboys secondary is a mess right now, but that's not something Malik Willis is going to take advantage of, especially with a beat up off its line against his pass rush. Malik Willis negative 0.42 EPA per play. That's 162nd out of 162 quarterbacks with at least 100 snaps since 2010. So, yes, from an EPA perspective, he's been the worst quarterback in the NFL. That includes Zach Wilson. The second worst, actually, over that time is uh, Nathan Peterman at negative .359. Dak should take advantage of a beat-up Tennessee secondary and pass defense that is just reeling. Dak's usually good in these spots against inferior opponents. Uh, I don't know if I could lay 11. Titans, by the way, just on a complete downfall. I think they haven't covered five in a row. Good money line parlay piece, in my opinion. Uh, I used the pair with the Packers, which we'll talk about later. Would Don't even mind the under. I mean, the Titans, this is just like an exhibition game for them. So, yeah, it means nothing. This is just stay healthy, rest everyone, and get ready for Jack's, the trip to Jacksonville, which will decide the division next week. And the good news is, if the Titans do indeed just – you know, lose this game as they're expected to do. Their win total under cash is for me, which I thought there I had a chance uh, <laughs> about six or seven weeks ago. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if I can't lay 12 now, but I think the Cowboys are a good money line parlay piece, which means by the way, my money line parlays the last three weeks that I've used these big money line parlays, they've all like either gone to overtime or come down to the wire. So maybe the Titans are the play, but yeah, this game's a mess. Yeah, it the under actually, I mean, because it, it keeps getting lower and lower. And, you know, you, you kind of read off that injury report, and there are a bunch of defensive players on that report as well. And so I, I kind of worry about that just because we've seen the Cowboys put up some big numbers, especially in kind of in spots where the other team is not really, you know, going, you know, full in. Like I think it was the Eagles they put up like 50-something. I remember them putting up 50-something on Washington late Washington. in the year. Yeah. yeah uh, so, you know, the under actually could get dicey, especially if you get, you know, a, a turnover or two from a week. Willis, you know, deep in his own territory. Uh, and, and you don't have Derrick Henry here to, to move the sticks. So, I mean, the Titans could just be backed up and, you know, punting from their, you know, their, their five year. I mean, I know their punter is pretty decent, but uh, yeah, the under actually scares me just because it, it keeps it's under the key number of 41 now. And from a trends perspective, if Tennessee does indeed fail to cover the number, this would only be the ninth time in 31 games that Mike Vrabel, a Mike Vrabel coach team would have failed to cover uh, a spread of a, an underdog by a field goal or more. But like Tennessee doesn't care. So it's not like you have a motivated Tennessee team. This is uh, this is an ugly game. And like, and you know, we like to talk about these trends, you know, even if they're 60, 70 percent, they're still, you know, 30, 40 percent of the time where they lose. And this is the kind of game that they probably lose because you can't really, it's hard to filter for lack of motivation, you know, in, yeah. you know, as, as good as Bet Labs is, there's no real trend for that. Just kind of, you have to kind of know 
uh, and, and kind of single these these instances out. So yeah, stay away from me as well. But uh, I agree. I think you could get some Cowboys money line going here, parlay it with something else. All right, let's jump into the week 70 Sunday six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six pack. All right, it's now sixty six forty eight. So uh, Jesus, <laughs> I keep sweeping the, I keep sweeping the, the three. I don't know. Like that, that definitely got to be a record. I'm hitting, I'm hitting like sixty percent in the NFL this year. <laughs> I've had two losing weeks. I have like I'm crushing it, and I'm getting killed because you're just on another level. And you know, I was uh, I was checking my my Action Network uh, app recap. You know, uh, do a great uh, little recap of your top year, and apparently my top team. I, I guess I'll let you guess. Who's my? Who do you think my top team of 2022 was, units wise? The, Pan- the Panthers. I would have thought that might have been two. The San Francisco 49ers. I think it's because it was like betting them every week in the playoffs, and then uh, against you know betting them against the Rams twice this year. So I think I, I think I just went like five and zero or six and zero or something. I had like plus seven and a half units on the Niners, but that kind of surprised me too. Yeah, mine was mine still even after last week, uh, still the Bengals. And that's, I've, I've had them every playoff game, Super Bowl, and then a bunch early in the season. And they're 20 and three. Yeah. Against the just, spread over the past 23 games. You should just bet the Bengals as favorites every week. Just to like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> like, they just cover every fucking week somehow. Uh, yeah, I mean, not somehow. They're they are a good team, but yeah, you. Yeah, but they, they, they do they do get some good variants at the end and at the end of game second half lately. But yeah, if you get Joe Burrow and that offense and the defensive adjustments they make in the second half leads to a lot of covers, and uh, especially when Nick Folk misses two extra points. Yeah, uh, I'm not bitter. All right, so you start us off. Where are you going? With your first pick for my first pick of the week seventeen. Sunday six pack. I'm going with the New York football jets minus one and a half at the Seattle Seahawks. Mike white is back. That's all that matters here. I don't understand the market and how the market is rating the difference between Mike white and Zach Wilson two weeks in a row. We've seen Mike white get ruled out and the jets take money Mm -hmm. late in the week with Zach Wilson starting. I, take what move two, three points to the Jets, which makes zero sense because Zach Wilson now has a lower ELO through 20, his first 22 starts than any other quarterback in the history of the NFL. He is a complete and utter bust. He is awful. He's horrendous. Mike White not only has this locker room, but he can run the offense and he can complete passes. That's what the Jets need. And since week 10, you know, after those Cardinals wins, I remember I was making fun of Seattle, and Seattle hasn't covered since, by the way. Seattle Island, lonely place. Seattle's 31st in EPA per play on D. They've played the Raiders, Rams, Panthers, 49ers, and Chiefs. Three backup quarterbacks in there, and they're 31st in EPA per play on D. Lock it. We don't know how healthy he'll be or if he'll even play. I assume he'll play, but he's got a beat a pan. I don't know if he can hang on to balls, but the Jets can take away the run. That neutralizes Geno Smith, who's declining and coming back down to earth with each week. And Jets do get a few extra days rest here if they're playing on Thursday. They're 5-2 and two against the spread on the road this year. They've had no problem going on the highway. Their games they didn't cover 
where the Vikings game where they dominated and got stopped at the goal line like three times at the end. And then the Pats walk off punt return, which covered the three and a half. That's it. Jets, both teams need to win, keep their playoff hopes alive. Motivation will be there for both. The Seahawks, I, I don't think the market is adjusting fast enough to the Seahawks. The people still think like, oh, Geno Smith, the Seahawks, like the Seahawks, they haven't covered in six weeks. They're on a downward trend. I don't think the market is upgrading the Jets enough for Mike White. Jets defense will be the best unit on the field by a wide margin. That's the difference here. Jets get it done on the road. Give me Mike White. I love this. Just uh, you've just been kind of following the uh, the Mike White money the last couple of weeks. It's like when he when he starts, you bet the Jets. When he's not, you fade the Jets. And then that one time you got yeah. caught with with uh, Mike White getting ruled out, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I have, I have I don't have the number quite as high as you, but I don't mind it. You know, I think you're, you're essentially just kind of picking which you know inside of three, uh, inside of two even. So you're just kind of picking which team you think is going to win, and I would lean Jets. Uh, as well here. I, I think that Seahawk run defense, just wet schemes, kind of hang around. Like, even if you're not the greatest offense, the Jets are a pretty solid offense with White, but you know, because their run defense is so bad, they let you get into third and manageable. And so it kind of negates so uh, you know, Woolen and, and some of those guys, and they're not even great in terms of defending number one and number two wide receivers, even with those with those corners. So it's uh I think that run defense is really starting to hurt them. So the Jets, their run game has kind of gone missing these past couple of games. So I think that being able to recapture that Donovan Knight, uh, you know, Michael Carter's healthier now. Uh, I think that'll be key for the Jets offense too, not just uh, not just Mike White. They went out. The Jets, uh, I think, will be ninety percent to go. Eighty-seven. Yep, eighty-seven percent. Yeah, um, went out, and the Jets are eighty-seven percent chance. There's only like one scenario. I think. If New England goes undefeated, that would I think that would uh would, would knock the Jets out. Yep. All right. So yeah, I'm going Jets. Where are you going next? Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of an ugly week, but uh <laughs> for my first pick and the second overall of the week 17 Sunday six pack, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints plus six on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh like this number to me is pretty big when you consider that number one, the Eagles are starting Gardner Minshew. Number two, the Eagles lost their best offensive lineman, or you could say second best, depending on what you think of Kelsey, but Wayne Johnson, that's big. Seventh of 81 Huge. tackles. Yeah, is what he grades out as. So you're getting the Eagles, but you're getting the Eagles team that you know is still kind of sitting pretty in terms of their playoff position, uh, a team that now has to be a little more careful, I think, because now you're finding out that maybe Jalen Hurts is hurt a little more than we thought he was. And there's a question of how even effective he can be if he does come back for the playoffs. So now it's like you got to maybe be a little more careful with Minshew too and maybe some of these other guys as well. So I know Philly wants to beat New Orleans for the draft pick, but this New Orleans team has been solid on defense. This is just a too big of a number here when you're talking about a backup quarterback and uh your best offensive lineman out against a new orleans team that you know their defense has been it, it's traveled well you know we just have to hope that new orleans can give give us enough points here but you're getting six uh six and a half at some spots i've seen a seven i i really like this matchup uh for new orleans here you know andy dalton pretty has been good against zone coverage all year 
Uh, Philly loves to play zone coverage. And it's another one of these games where you're seeing a large spread and a total that's not that high. You know, the total is 44, of course, because you got Gardner Minshew instead of Jalen Hurts. And you got a, a, one of your best offensive linemen in the league out. But yet, when you see these totals this year, anything more than a field goal with a total of 47 or less, 67 and 41 against the spread, 62%. And that makes a ton of sense because it's just hard to get separation, cover these numbers and, you know, stop the team from, you know, potentially getting a backdoor, getting it to win, you know, uh, getting it to within three points late in the game. So yeah, give me New Orleans here. I, I like the way New Orleans is playing. I think that uh, they'll be able to, exploit this Philly run D, which is still, it's not great. It's it's better than it was at some points in the year, but it's still averaged uh, about seven, 16, 17th by DVOA uh, weighted. So uh, I think Philly, you know, it's going to be a much more of a struggle than, than I think people think. And the thing that really caught my eye about Minshew was that he had a 79 passer rating. He has a 79 passer rating this year from a clean pocket. He has a 62 passer rating when he's not blitzed. And, you know, New Orleans is, for whatever reason, they haven't been the greatest at getting pressure, but they don't force it. They kind of sit back and they're going to play their coverage. And Minshew really hasn't been great, even with all those weapons uh, against those coverages yet. So, you know, I think there's even a chance Philadelphia could end up losing this game. But I could see, you know, a 27-24, 23-20 type of game where New Orleans stays feisty. Uh, on both sides of the ball, run some Taysom Hill packages and, and stays in this. So give me New Orleans plus six. Yeah, I completely agree here. Lane Johnson injury is huge. The Eagles are three and 10 straight up without Lane Johnson since 2020, arguably the best right tackle in the NFL. He's huge. You also have like CJ Gardner Johnson, probably still out. Avante Maddox, who's really important. He's most likely out. Jordan Davis, who's been so big to the run D, their run D numbers fall off a cliff. He has a concussion. You also look at their practice report from today. Miles Sanders would have been a DNP with an injury. And as and A.J. Brown is limited with a knee injury, assuming he'll play. But, yeah, the Saints defense has been playing a lot better. They're healthier now. They are one of three teams in the NFL that has allowed less than 20 points in four straight games. The other two being the Steelers and Ravens who play each other. We'll talk about that game later. But yeah, the Eagles aren't healthy now. Eagles are also 13 and two in the last 20 years. And I agree, this line is inflated. Last 20 years, teams with an 85% plus win percentage in, uh, has to be week 10 or later, 51, 89 and two against the spread, 36.4%. So yeah, I agree with you on the Saints with Minshew starting. And... Yeah, I think the Eagles. You could cut this out of the roster. Like, look, the coaches wanted to like rest last week, and they got all these injuries because. And Lori came down late in the week and said, "No, we we got to beat the Cowboys," and they ended up playing everyone and getting hurt, getting key injuries. Lane Johnson, if he's right. out for the postseason, that could be massive. Like going against the 49ers, the Cowboys. You saw when Lane Johnson went down against the Cowboys it was a completely different game when they were playing against Cooper rush. Um, and they had to just, their, their offense just went into the tank. So yeah, they, they have a number of injuries. Jordan Davis important in the run game. They have some secondary injuries and yeah, I think the saints will be feisty here in a lower scoring game. I think six is the way to go. By the way, uh, 
you know what's what it's setting up for with these NFC playoffs, right? You know, 49ers keep losing quarterbacks, uh, Eagles losing key players. You know the Vikings are gonna just end up winning the NFC and going to the Super Bowl after this fucking ridiculous season where they went the, like eleven and eleven and zero in one score games. Like it's gonna happen. That's what it's setting up to do. Vikings plus twenty one against the Bills <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> The thing is, then Vikings fans will be will say, "Oh, look, see, we were. You, everyone said we were. We weren't as good as no. You're. I mean, you, your estimated wins are six. By the way, they have twelve. But all you got to do is get in. The I think the Giants in 2011 finished. They won the Super Bowl. By the way, they finished the season, including the playoffs, with a negative point differential. I believe that's correct. The whole season, they snuck in the playoffs. That's all you got to do. Sneak in once you get in. Again, you could win a you're gonna you could win a couple more lucky games, and then all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl. It's football, so yeah, that would be very fitting for this season. All right. Yeah. Uh, for my second pick in the third overall, the Week 17 Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts plus five and a half at the New York Giants. This is uh, bread and butter play for me. I'll have an article out this week and next week about these types of plays. Week 17, week 18, teams that need to win. Everyone, look, the Giants need to win. The Colts are dead. They're eliminated. Everyone just saw them get embarrassed again on Monday Night Football. Eliminated teams the final two weeks of the regular season playing teams that need to win are 95-57-4 against the spread. That's 62.4%, 62.5% since 1990. Sample size of about 150 games, 62.5% because... The teams that need to win are generally inflated late in the season. And for what it's worth, last two weeks of the regular season also, teams with a win percentage between 40 and 70% who have a 5 to 35% win differential in the positive direction against their opponent are 57, 88, and 5 against the spread, 39.3% over the past 20 years. So I think this number is inflated. Like the Giants have been feisty, but the Giants also have – they're all their all their wins. All eight wins have come by one score, including a number of fourth quarter comebacks. Nick Foles is going to get the start again for the Colts. I don't think there's any drop off between you know, him and Ryan and so whatever. They they all stink, but at least Foles got the rust off, right? Like last week was his first game. You could tell he was just off and like reading coverages, and you know it's his first first action of the season. So he's not going to be good, but he'll be better than he was last week after, or at least I assume. And then you also, the Colts should also get their run game going here, going against the Giants' run D, which is, I think, 31st in EPA per rush, uh, 31st DVOA. They're very bad, poor run D. So the Colts actually can lean on a little bit on the ground here. And the you're asking the Giants to win by a touchdown here. That is not the Giants' MO. This is when you want to fade the Giants at home as a favorite. By the way, Daniel Jones, this is he's only been favored by more than this one other time. He's favored by six and a half at Cincy in 2020. They must have been sitting guys. I don't even know. But they they only won by two in that game. It was and, the Brandon Allen game. That's what it was. It was ah, Brandon Allen. Yeah. So, yeah, this is when you want to fade the Giants. All the pressure's on the Giants. The Colts are still going to try. They're still professional athletes. This is what happens in the NFL every single season. And, by the way, the Colts, would have when we backed them this year, after an embarrassing loss, what have they done after their double-digit losses this year? They lost by three at Minnesota, and again they were up thirty-three nothing. They beat the Still Chiefs, embarrassing, but yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they 
won at the Raiders. So they were 3-0 against the spread as underdogs. Should be 3-0 straight up. This line is too high. You're asking this Giants team, which is still – yeah, look, their, their offense has been way better just because of the coaching. And there's a huge coaching mismatch here. But I, I like coaching mismatches when I had back in the team as an underdog a, a lot more than when they have to cover by margin here. So I think this line is a little inflated. All the pressure is on the Giants. And uh, give me the Colts here after getting embarrassed on Monday night with uh, big dick Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about this one, too. I think this is the right side. Uh, you know, probably you – know, I know some people were on the – I think Sharps were on the, the Colts last week, too, against the Chargers, but uh, probably a week too soon. You know, as you mentioned, Foles has to knock off the rust. They have to kind of get their offense in, in line here. But, yeah, this giant team, I mean, we know their MO. You know, they're going to be – in a one possession game and they, you know, now they have to win it by a touchdown. They have to, uh, you know, prevent the Colts from, you know, getting a, a backdoor away. You know, Foles wants to throw down field more. Giants will play man coverage. So Foles will get some opportunities uh, to throw it down the field. Now we connect, we don't know, but uh, the Colts receivers aren't terrible. I mean, they got, they got decent skill position guys. So, uh, you know, just have to get Foles some time a couple of times. Uh, to, to get to get some shots downfield, but uh, yeah, yeah and the good thing is you have a you, you know it's a low total, and, and for what it's worth, week sixteen road dogs from two thousand three to twenty twenty, that was before the schedule expansion, so the second to last week, uh, road dogs that with an under five hundred record catching over a field goal, fifty three thirty five and two against the spread sixty percent. A lot of times these teams again that goes that that speaks directly to like the teams that need to win playing a team that's already eliminated, usually getting some line value. The other thing is here, you're getting a Colts defense that's healthy now, and it's still a top 10 unit. I think they're 10th DVOA. And, um, Eighth, and still weighted. Eighth and weighted DVOA. So that, yeah, that they're still the playing. Of, uh, the most recent game, yeah. Yeah, they're still playing hard. And, uh, yeah, I think that this game will be close. Wouldn't shock me if the Colts won. Yeah, I mean, the total is 38 and a half. You know, I was thinking about that under, but it's just gotten so low. And because the Giants play man coverage, not – not my favorite spot, you know, especially with the Colts coming off a bad game. You know, usually those lines are kind of inflated the, the other way, deflated, I guess you could say, um, yeah. with, uh, you know, with the team coming off a three-point showing. So, um, yeah, uh, I like this one. And uh, speaking of which, for my second pick, the fourth overall of the Week 17 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Chicago Bears, plus six at the Detroit Lions. And you kind of hit on a lot of the reasoning with the with the Colts. I mean, the Bears are, you know, playing for draft positioning at this point. And the Lions still have a playoff shot. And I, I think this is too many points. I think this would be too many points even regardless here because, yeah, I know Chicago's defense is, is very bad, but their secondary has been improving over the last couple of weeks. Kyra Gordon, the rookie, uh, is ranked 22nd uh, of 106 qualifiers at cornerback. Wait, you're going with the ba- you're going with the Bears? Yeah. God damn you! you so we do a to give a a uh, peek into how we do this. So like we'll just message each other because we do a snake draft. And I think by the way, eight weeks in a row you, you've gone with a pick. Your first pick's been one that I wanted. Um, you picked you messaged me Detroit, and oh. I was like. So, which, which doesn't matter, but I was, I but I was like, oh, I was like, I like the Bears. I was like, I could pick up a point here. Yeah, I'm so Bears. curious to hear your reasoning for laying <laughs> six bad. with Detroit. Yeah, and, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. So, That's which, is, which is really funny. Yeah, I'm taking yes. the Bears plus six 
because of the same reason they are eliminated. Detroit is not. I think this is too many points. Uh, I think Chicago's secondary is improving. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, Kyra Gordon's ranked 22nd over the last couple of weeks. He got two picks. Uh, and Jalen Jones, the other corner, uh, is has allowed just 59 yards and 10 targets with two pass breakups over the last two weeks. And uh, so I think, that, you know, the, the D-line is still bad. Let's not get it twisted. But we'll talk about Detroit. I mean, Detroit's kind of sinking back down as well. But, you know, we know Detroit loves the blitz. Justin Fields, 105 passer rating against the Blitz compared to 82 when he's not Blitz. So, you know, it might make Detroit make a decision here. Do you want to kind of play left-handed and not not send everybody and, and kind of sit back and protect against Fields running? Or do you want to, you know, play to your your identity and, and risk him, you know, falling out? So I, I think that's, that's a good matchup here for Fields. And listen, this Detroit team – I said on this podcast, hey, their defense is improving. We both talked about it. And then they come out last week in a game that they really could have used and gave up 320 rushing yards to the Carolina Panthers. Eight and a half yards per play. Like, it was absurd. I mean, not only that. Sorry, 8.8 yards per play. And not only that, yeah, they give up. Yeah, the yards per play, exactly, because not only do they give up 320 yards on the ground, they let Sam Darnold get 250 passing yards on just 22 attempts. So the the average Sam Donald's averaging over 10 yards per pass attempt last week. So, you know, you want to call it reversion to the mean because this defense was one of the league's worst over the first, you know, what, seven, eight games of the year. Uh, but at this point, I, I don't think we can trust Detroit's defense. I know they're at home, so I, I think their offense will be fine. But again, I think Chicago can hang here because – Fields good against the Blitz. This Detroit deep Chicago can do some of what Carolina did in terms of game planning, except they have a, a much more explosive uh, quarterback that adds a whole different element, you know, to that. Because Detroit also has been one of the worst teams in the league uh, against uh, running quarterbacks. So, you know, I think Chicago is going to be able to score points here. And remember, Chicago uh, in Soldier Field had a 24-10 lead after three quarters in Week Ten. So that was after Detroit already kind of was on the up and up and. and and uh, Detroit ends up winning that game by one point. But, you know, Detroit had just two penalties in that game. Chicago had nine. Chicago still loses by one. Detroit had no turnovers in that game. Uh, Chicago had one. So, and it, it, this could easily be a three, four-point win for Detroit, even if it is a win. Uh, but I think Chicago's still playing hard here. They, But, you know, they're not giving up on the season. They want – Justin Fields wants – says he wants the rushing record – Iberfus says he wants them to finish, uh, learn how to close games. You know, they were in it against Buffalo, and then it kind of the score got away late. So I think Chicago here is going to to hang close, and we see this. You know, beyond just the teams facing elimination versus teams with nothing to play for, just you know, team underdogs coming off a bad loss. When you when you have an underdog coming off a loss of twenty or more points since two thousand seventeen, one hundred eight seventy and three sixty one percent. Uh, against the spread. So uh, I like the Chicago Bears plus six here. I, I think it's another one of those games that Chicago just hangs around, just like they did against Atlanta, just like they did against Miami. Uh, just, you know, they, they've been in a, most of these games this year uh, with the, you know, with the exception of a, a select few. So uh, like Chicago in this spot to get it done plus six. Yeah, I love the Bears here. By the way, week 16 division road dogs is six or more from from 2000 to 2020. 
the second to last week of the season. 73% against the spread if they have an under 500 record. Again, speaks to the just the line value you're getting on you know, playing teams that the market perceives as dead. But look, if you look at the Lions, all, and all the Lions have all the pressure here, a team that's not used to dealing with the pressure, have to win. Bears can play loose. Bears were minus three at home last month yep. in that game you talked about. Now you're catching six, and they should have won that game. Like they, But there was a that, that turnover you mentioned was a pick six that flipped the whole game around. So not only were they lose the turnover about a one nothing, it was a pick six. And yeah. if you look, the Bears, I think it's a good spot to buy the Bears low. They were competitive in a lot of their losses this year. This is the stretch they're coming off of. They, they got blown out by the Jets. It was Simeon against Mike White. Then they played the Packers, who they should have beat. Like, if you look statistically, they dominated that game. Then they played the Eagles, who they covered against, and the Bills. So it's a very tough stretch. And if you look at the Lions, like, thought their defense was improving. I dug into the Lions. Like, their run D's very bad still. And that's obviously what the Bears are going to do here. And I think that they can exploit that run D. The Lions defense also is allowing a touchdown or first down on 77% of series. That's the highest percentage in the NFL. They're also allowing the lowest forcing the lowest punt percentage in the NFL at 10%. And if we look, you know, everyone has kind of just fell in love with the Lions over their last eight games, six and two stretch. Oh, but over that time, if you dig in, 31st in EPA per play on defense if you remove turnovers. They were getting a bit lucky on turnovers, red zone, special teams. Like, think, look at that Jets game with their special teams plays. So, yeah, I, they were getting fortunate defense. The defense is still bad. This is too many points. Great spot for the Bears. Wouldn't be shocked if Chicago pulls this off. For my third pick of the Week 17 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Denver Broncos plus 12.5 against the Kansas City Chiefs. I played the Broncos. And, look, you, you now you're in a dead zone. I played them 13.5 and, and 13. Um, you can still find, think, find a 13 out there. You might as well wait. Like, it, it's not going to go down to 10. Um 11 would, would be semi-important. It's not going to keep going down. You can wait to see if there's some late Chiefs money, I think, because 13 is um, decently important. I don't think it would ever get back up to 14. But I played the Broncos, what, a couple weeks ago when they were catching eight and a half, nine at home. And I think that this is a good spot to back them on the road against a Chiefs team that generally doesn't cover these big numbers, especially at home. And by the way, in the lower scoring environment this year, Double-digit favorites are 8-15 and 15 against the spread on the season. That's the worst start for double-digit favorites in the last 20 years. And, uh, look, the Broncos also got blown out last week, lost by 35, 36 to the Rams, gave up 50-plus. Just an absolute classic spot when you're betting the NFL. Both of them combined. Let's just look historically. Lose by 35-plus the next week, 74-41-5 against the spread, covering by about a field goal per game. As an underdog, after you lose by 35 plus, 57, 26, and five, covering by about three and a half points per game. That's 69%. Nice. How about as a double digit underdog, after losing by 35 plus, 16 and three against the spread over the past 20 years, covering by 10 points per game, 84%. How about when you allow 50 plus, 61% over the past 20 years? How about a lose by 35 plus and give up 50? 18 and nine against the spread, covering by five points per game. And as a dog, 70% when both of those things happen. So, look, the, the Broncos' offense, I mean, last week was just an absolute embarrassing effort. Hackett got canned 
Historically, there's a little bump in the first week with a new head coach. I don't think it can get any can't get any worse without Hackett. I think he already had lost the team. Russell Wilson, who's been horrific this year, his only game where he looked competent was against these Chiefs. And by the way, Corbin Sutton didn't even play in that game. He'll play in this game. Jerry Judy went off. These two teams are familiar with each other. Divisional game, late in the season. I think this is too many points for a Broncos defense that played well every single week up until last week. And I think they just had enough and things just just got out of control. But this is a prideful unit. They're playing their rival in Kansas City. I think they'll show up here. And this is when you want to fade the Chiefs and you want to fade Mahomes when he's – by the way, he's under 500 against the spread at home. Um, and you know, as a, as a favorite, not great when he's a favorite by over seven points. So I think Denver's defense shows up here. It's a classic spot to buy an NFL team after they got completely embarrassed in a divisional game with a lowerish total. This is too many points to me. Yeah. I mean, what was one of the last things I said on the pod last week? I was like, Hey, it ain't Broncos DNC Baker bake yet. It ain't. <laughs> That was, that was probably my worst. I had some Broncos money. That was probably my worst <laughs> worst bet of I the you, uh, NFL season. I told you, man, it's that, you could just see it coming from a mile away, like a, just a, a meltdown on the West Coast in a game they just give no fucks about. But now, now, yeah, now I think it's about pride. Yeah, I, I, I wish I knew more about this Rothberg guy. I, I really – it's kind of an odd, uh, odd choice for the interim coach, but I guess I heard Averro turned it down. Uh, so weird, weird stuff going on, but yeah, you usually see teams like this bounce back and kind of keep it close, uh, for at least that first week after they, uh, after they fire their coach and the chiefs really haven't been covering many of these numbers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, don't disagree. This, this summer's too high for, I guess a Broncos defense where you can give them a pass for one week. This has been one of the best defenses in the league the entire season. Yeah. Uh, all right. For my third and the sixth overall of the week. 17 six pack. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half at FanDuel, the official sponsor of the Action Network podcast uh, at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, see if you can get a three. I think this number got steamed, uh, but you know there there are some there were some threes sitting around. Maybe it'll get back. Maybe it won't. Uh, but don't doesn't look like we're gonna get Lamar Jackson here. And you know this is a a, a game that I I just think when you look at the history of these two teams. Uh, I almost blind bet the underdog in this matchup because if you go back, Harbaugh versus Tomlin, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore, the underdog is 21-5-3 against the spread. No matter if it's if Baltimore's the underdog or Pittsburgh's the underdog, whoever it is, the underdog in the matchup is 21-5-3, 81%. The last 10 games, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore, the underdog, is 10 and 0 against the spread. The these are just close games. They're gonna be decided. Some they're sometimes they're not even decided by a field goal. Sometimes it's you know a, a two-point conversion at the end, uh, a, a safety, something silly. So this is the exact kind of game you're gonna get that. The total is 35. Uh Tyra Huntley, I don't think he's going to play well against this defense because when you look at Pittsburgh. They blitz at the fourth highest rate now. That's what they've kind of kind of decided is their identity. And Huntley is 50th of 51 quarterbacks in PFF grade against the blitz at 39.4 uh, minimum with a minimum of 20 blitz dropbacks this year. 
this Pittsburgh defense is up to 12th in weighted DVOA. Uh, so, and Huntley was the average. I think it's 114 passing yards. So, Baltimore, they're going to have to run the ball, but Pittsburgh defends the run very well. They're seventh in uh, weighted run defense DVOA. They've been good against the run all year. So, I think it'll be a struggle there. And on the other side of the ball, Baltimore's defense has been great. You were not going to kind of make any bones about it. Baltimore's been one of one of the best defenses in the league, but against a, a team like Pittsburgh, when they're not going to be able to run the ball as well, when Huntley is not really going to be able to do much against the blitz. I, I think Pittsburgh can do enough here with Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, Najee Harris, Deontay, all those guys. I think they'll get, you know, this. you could get 14, 16 points here. And if not win the game outright, cover the spread. So uh, I like Pittsburgh here. Uh, think they are a live dog and Tomlin, we know him in these spots, 50 and 27 against spreads of dogs, 65% as a dog from October on, he's 41, 19 and two, 68% against the spread as a dog against an opponent with a better record, 26, 10 and one, 72% against the spread. And, you know, Baltimore, they did clinch a, a playoff spot. So, uh, you know, this is just kind of one of these spots where I think Pittsburgh is going to come out a little more motivated here. Uh, curious to, to hear your thoughts because uh, obviously you know the Ravens very well, but uh, I, I like Pittsburgh in a spot. Uh, love the dog almost indiscriminately in, these, in this matchup. Yeah, I would also probably look under again. I think I said last week that the the Falcons week wouldn't get to 10 and it'll be like 17 to 9, and it was 17 yeah, to 9. Of course. Uh, the yeah, it's I, I look, the, I don't mind taking the points in this rivalry, especially with Alamar Jackson, but. Anytime these two teams play, if you take if you took since Harbaugh arrived in Baltimore in 2008, if you took the underdog of three or more in this matchup, you would be 17 1 and 3 against the spread. 17 1 and 3. And if you look at the games with Huntley, Huntley's played four games for the Ravens. The Ravens games haven't gone past 30 total points, average of 22.75. The scores have been 10 to 9. 16 to 14, 13 to 3, and 17 to 9. And yeah, Steelers defense playing really well. Both these teams haven't allowed more than 20 points over the past four weeks. Both run heavy teams, both really good run defenses. Ravens run defense has been the best in the NFL since signing Roquan Smith. You know, you got Bowser, you got a Bowser into the mix, you got Marcus Williams back. Now, I doubt Peters or Campbell plays. Like the same reason why I don't think Lamar Jackson will play. It's just the Ravens are in the playoffs already. And in a way, you know, they might not even care about winning the division. Like you win the division, you're like hosting the Chargers. And if you don't, you're going to the Jags or Titans in the first round. Yeah. So like, I, what do you, I, I don't know. I might choose door two. Now, if the Ravens lose this game, you might have the uh, NFL come in and bring in the Bills refs uh, for Chat. Monday night in Cincy. So the Cincy Baltimore game. This determines the division next week. But because if the Ravens lose this game and the Bengals lose, then the game next week still determines the division. Um, but if the Bengals win and the Ravens lose, then the Bengals win the division, and that game means nothing next week. So they just want to make sure Lamar, you know, Peters, Campbell, and everyone are healthy for the playoffs. So they'll care about this game. It's prime time. It's against their rival. But, yeah, points will be at a premium here. Steelers defense has been a different animal with T.J. Watt. I mean, since drafting him in 2017, they're 57, 26, and two when he's in the lineup, one in 10 without him, over a yard per play more when he's not on the field. So, um, yeah, I would try to get three, obviously, 
Uh, I would even buy buy it to three up to minus one twenty five here, um, just because points are going to be at such a premium, and there's a really good chance this ends at one, two, or three. Um, but for the sake of this contest, that doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I, I don't mind taking the points here. And there's even like an illness going around with the Ravens now, but they just it gets it's Huntley and there's no receivers. Um, yeah, and in, and in the last Steelers run, he's been good. Yeah, and I was gonna say in the last matchup, uh, you know they, they played a couple weeks ago, and obviously Huntley went down for part of that game, but the the Ravens ended up winning sixteen fourteen, but the Steelers turned it over three yep. times. Trubisky threw three picks. Terrible in interceptions. Well. Yeah, well, Kenny Pickett has thrown one pick over his last five starts that he finished. So uh, Kenny Pickett, the one thing he has been doing better is taking care of the football. And, you know, if you do that against in this kind of game, you know, Pittsburgh outgained them last time. You know, I think Pittsburgh can I think Pittsburgh can get the win here. And like you said, yeah, I don't know if Baltimore fully uh, is fully invested. Obviously, they're not going to just tank it. But, uh, yeah, like Pittsburgh here. All right. That is going to wrap up the week 16 Sunday six pack. Stuck is going Jets minus one and a half Colts plus five and a half and Broncos plus 12 and a half. I'm going with the Saints plus six, the Bears plus five and a half, and the Steelers plus two and a half. So we got some, some Mike I got White. Mike White, Foles, Foles and Russell <laughs> Wilson. Mike White's the best quarterback in that group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got, well, I got Fields, Dalton, and, and Pickett. So yeah, I got Fields is the best quarterback in that yeah. group. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is, uh, this is week 17. So let's get into our coaches pep talk. Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. I'm sick of watching you guys play. This week's Coach's Pep Talk comes to us from Rocky Balboa in the 1985 film Rocky IV. And uh, we got to dedicate this one to, I think it's got to dedicate it to Rothberg, man. Give Denver something to to smile about, even if it's just a cover. Yeah. We keep dedicating it to these to these these coaches, and they keep covering, so... Uh, let's go with Rothberg here. Get us a cover for the pod. I came here tonight. I didn't know what to expect. I seen a lot of people hating me, and I didn't know what to feel about that. So I guess I didn't like you much, none either. During this fight, I seen a lot of changing. The way you felt about me and the way I felt about you. So what I was trying to say is that if I can change, and you can change, everybody can change. All right. Let's get into our favorite total of the week. All right. For my total, uh, what full disclosure was going to go Tampa, Carolina, but we're recording this on Wednesday, and it just there seems like there's a lot of guys – in that would help the total go over and the guys that are out would help it go over as well. Like, you know, obviously JC Horn's going to miss and uh, Vita Vea might miss, but you have the linemen getting healthier for Tampa. So uh, I'm going to go with the Rams chargers under 41 instead. Uh, This charger defense has really started to lock in over these last three weeks, 23, 15 against Miami. Uh, in a game where you got Tyreek Hill returned a fumble like 70 yards for a touchdown on offense, and you still gave up uh, 15 points to Miami. 
uh, 17-14 against Tennessee, 20-3 against the Indianapolis Colts. And I think we're getting probably a little bit of inflation here. Obviously, you have to upgrade the Rams a little bit after what they did to the Broncos. But I think this is a letdown spot here uh, against this Charger defense. They can man up. Uh, Broncos, one thing about them, talented defense, but they play a lot of zone. Uh, Chargers can man up here. Uh, I think with this Rams offense, I mean, you're down all your receivers. You're starting Atwell and uh, Van Jefferson with Brandon Powell is your third. Uh, so it, it's rough out here. And uh, I think Cam Akers will still get his. They'll, they're going to have to lean on Cam Akers, but that will be the clock. And on the other side, this Rams defense just loves to play zone. They play zone at a top three rate. And that the Chargers – you know, Justin Herbert's obviously great, but zone defense kind of just slows down the Chargers. You know, they have they have to kind of methodically drive down the field. They're averaging uh, almost a, a yard per target less against zone than they are against man. And we kind of saw that play out against the Colts, where it, it's just you know the Chargers dominated the game, but the the scoreboard didn't look that crazy at the end of the day. And I think you could, you're going to see a similar result here uh, in this one. So. Give me Rams Chargers under 41. Yeah, I'll have more on this game later, but we could let's cross off the the Panthers Bucks game because I, I just want to talk about this. By the way, Brady's 11 and one against the spread past 13 games. If the Bucks don't go two and zero against the spread to close the season, Brady will have the least profitable single season for a starting quarterback over the past 20 years. No wow. quarterback will have been less profitable in one season from the fu- from the fucking goat cover the guy who was all 70 uh, percent maybe it's the it's brady regression father time is undefeated though the bucks tackle injuries are big here though but yeah there's there's defensive injuries to keep an eye on i was looking at that under two but got a weird feeling about it but can we talk about what also what what it, do we have to talk about sam darnold out of 47 quarterbacks with at least 100 snaps this year Sam Darnold is number one in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation composite. He's tied with Mahomes in adjusted EPA per play. What is going on? Uh, he's played. He's played for. Now look, he's played some bad defenses, but he's also played the Broncos, Broncos and who else? And the Steelers in two of yeah. his four games. He's number one in adjusted EPA per play. It's a small sample. It's four games. I is Sam Darnold back? This would be so Jets that like yeah, that it's Mike. Uh, that means Zach Wilson's going to go somewhere and be an All Pro. Exactly. I was about to say it's, it's like the Jets have a bust at quarterback. Meanwhile, other old quarterbacks that were been like were written off as busts are now doing well. So uh, yeah, but yeah, that's something to keep I, an eye on. If if Darnold looks really good this week against the Bucks, day, because uh, you're not really going to be able to lean on the run. Uh, against Tampa. So if if Darnold goes out there and wins this game with his arm, I'm going to have to dig into this and the Sam Darnold being back narrative. And because he's number one, and I was looking at, the, I was like, Sam Darnold is number one in the Justin EPA play. It's tied with Mahomes, basically. It's like, for, it's like a hundredth of a point difference. It's crazy. Um, all right. For my total, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots under 41 and a half. Uh, for what it's worth, outdoor divisional unders this year. We always talk about them, especially late in the year. Um, 33, 15, and 1 against to the under this year. That's 
8.8%. The There's a couple of reasons why I like this under in particular. Well, two is out. So it's, I think it's slight downgrade to Teddy Bridgewater. And the, the Dolphins offense, the league has just kind of figured them out. I mean, if you just look at Tua's numbers, week one through 12, first in the NFL in EPA per play by a mile. Weeks 13 through 16, dead last. Dead last out of every single quarterback over the past four weeks. And the, the Patriots offense is a mess, right? And they really, the Miami's defense, so it's like Miami's defense, they can stop the run, which is good here against New England. They're a mess in the secondary. But that's not something New England is going to take advantage of. And the New England offense is just a mess from a play-calling standpoint. And what is Miami also going to do? They're going to blitz. And Mac Jones has been a disaster against the blitz. A 56 pass rating against the blitz. That's dead last in the NFL. The next worst is Zach Wilson at 72. That's how much worse he's been. Uh, he's also dead last at 58.9% adjusted completion percentage against the blitz. Mariota's the next worst at 65. So uh, they – Mac Jones and these receivers with the blitz are not going to take advantage of the holes in the Miami secondary. Also, this is a huge game for both teams. I expect them to play it a little conservative. You have a backup quarterback in here. Patriots defense, I think can cause some havoc in the backfield. And I think this will, I mean, you saw Mac Jones in the opener. You saw the Dolphins offense pretty much get contained in that opening week. So I think the Patriots have a good defensive game plan. Their offense will remain a mess. This one stays lower scoring, outdoors, divisional rematch, lot on the line. This ends like 20 to 17. Yeah, I mean, this is Teddy Bridgewater against Mac Jones late in the year. Uh, not not great. Uh, all right, that's uh, that's our, our totals. Stuck has the Dolphins Pats under 41 and a half. I got the Chargers Rams under 41. Now it's time for our favorite teaser of the week. Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to, don't tease me. Don't tease me. Try to please me. Yeah. All right. Where are you going, Stuck, for week 17? Yeah, let's uh, let's go Browns uh, against Wentz. We'll tease them up over a touchdown. Deshaun Watson hasn't been great, but you got to remember, like, he's been, his preseason's basically over now, and he's played in, like, hurricanes. So the conditions obviously haven't helped. And you're asking this Washington team with Wentz at the helm. They should be able to run the ball a little bit, but to win by more than a touchdown in a very low-scoring game. Classic teaser piece here with the Browns. And then uh, I'm going to tease the Chargers down. Not going through the seven here, but I make the line over seven. And uh, they should get the win here. You mentioned it with their defense. That is what makes the Chargers a serious contender in the AFC and a team that no division winner, right? Like the winner of the AFC North, like the Bengals, how good they've been. If they have to play the the Chargers in the first round, that's brutal reward for winning the division because the Chargers are now getting healthier receiver. And but by the Rams don't get much pressure. And the Chargers should win this game at home. They'll probably win it by like three, though. Like they'll they'll find a way to keep this close, which is why I like teasing the Chargers. But you have to keep in mind that the the why the Chargers are a threat now is their defense, and we'll talk about it more when they play more meaningful games about the whys. But we'll just call it for now the Tillery effect. And since it's not all that, but since releasing you know from weeks one to seven with Jerry Tillery playing, they were. 29th in EPA per play. Since they released him, they are 10th in EPA per play. 
They played some bad offenses and some really good offenses. So their defense is playing really well. Staley has them cooking. That's what makes the Chargers really dangerous here. But yeah, I'd give me the Chargers to win the game and uh, the Browns to keep a, a low, what should be a low scoring game within a touchdown. And by the way, the Browns Washington game also fits the theme and it fits the mold of what we talked about earlier in Washington needs to win Browns playing for nothing. A lot of times you also could like Washington will play tighter. Browns could play loose here. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that there's some, also there's some value in that line going up against Wentz and yeah, let's go Browns chargers. Yeah. I like the Browns as well. Washington has won only two games by more than six points out of their seven wins. So that means out of 15 games they played only twice have they won by more than six points. None of those games with Carson Wentz as the starter. So I, I do think Cleveland keeps it close. And, and um, I'll, add, I'll throw Pittsburgh in here, plus eight and a half uh, as well. Already talked about the dog in this matchup, 21 and five, uh, you know, in the Tom Wynn Harbaugh era. So teasing it up, I mean, I don't have the exact numbers, but it probably makes it pretty much undefeated. Uh, so we'll go Browns and Steelers, plus seven and a half and plus eight and a half. Uh, and you got the Chargers minus a half point and the Browns plus seven and a half. That's going to wrap it for our teasers. Let's get into our money line underdog parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. All right, Stuck, you hit your 10th one of the year. Uh, the Saints, uh, I hit my sixth uh, with the rams but uh, we did hit the par way so uh, let's keep it going where are you going this week yeah 16 of 32 on the air so it's really good um yep. it's been a great year for the pod let's keep it rolling i was gonna go with the raiders but they benched car I, yep. I don't know they, they still have a playoff they still have playoff hopes now it's like one percent but like last year they were like one percent with a couple weeks to go so they're going with jared stidham i don't think car has been the problem i mean he hasn't been great but like you stole playoff hopes. You're not going to go with your starting quarterback. I think this is taking the, uh, away for... because they, they can't they can't get rid of him. Like if he gets injured, they have to pay him like forty mil. Yeah. So yeah. They have the... essentially said he's done. Like he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Paving yeah. the way for the divorce. Um, right. Right. Like there's Brady to to Vegas. I don't know Brady behind that offensive line next year. I don't want to see that. Brady's going to end up like if he keeps playing, he's going to end up like. At f- 500 against the spread for his career. Right. Um, after being like 70% for, for 18 years. <laughs> anyway, so let's go. Let, let's, I was going to go with yours, but you took mine. So that's a good sign that, yeah. um, cause I've been hot on these. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. It's, it, uh, I don't feel passionate about it, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's road dog cliff, but it's also late season cliff. But there's some variance here because it's Desmond Ritter. Now, he does get to go home here after playing the Saints and Ravens, two good defenses that are playing really well on the road. So you would think that, you know, now playing the Cardinals, Buda Baker just went on IR too, should be a little bit more comfortable in the Dome. But, you know, he hasn't looked great. So there's a a chance here he's just really, really bad. Colt McCoy is going to get the start, which is an upgrade (laughs) over Trace McSorley, I think. Um, Not much, but... Uh, the, the one thing that scares me in this, because I do think that there's some value in the line. And, um, again, the Falcons, the Falcons have like a 1% chance of the playoffs. Um, I don't even know if it fits the theme, but the Cardinals aren't playing for anything. And the good thing is for their quarterback here, 
the Cardinals have been their offensive line is a disaster and they can't do anything, even though they have talented pieces on the outside, except throw to my if they just get it out to my guy Greg Dortch, who had like 30 catches last week. Yeah. The most electrifying player in football. Guess who? Greg Dortch. He's got Dortch. Wide open Dortch. What an individual effort by Greg Dortch. It's time to get torched with Greg Dortch. But the Falcons get no pressure. So, like, Cole McCoy will be and you know, they can't defend the run. So, like, Connor will be able to get his, and McCoy will have time to throw here. The only fear is the Cardinals come out every week. They average, like, two points per first quarter. So they come out every week and they go down, and that's not what you want to do here with their defense playing the, you know, the service academy of the NFL just runs it. And they can once if the Falcons get a lead on you at home, it's it's bad. So that's what worries me here. But you know, with this Falcons defense and with the uncertainty around Ritter, I think it's a good money line uh, underdog piece. So give me the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is you know, it's it's McCoy versus Ritter. It's a toss up game, really. Yeah, uh, I'm going with the Houston Texans plus 180 uh, at home against the Jaguars. Uh, already talked about it, but the Jaguars they could kind of take their foot off the gas whatever they have a little more to play for there's more scenario there's like another scenario where you know if they win but don't win next week they could you know winning this week would help them but uh more importantly trevor lawrence just struggles against this lovey smith cover two defense yeah uh, in three meetings he first of all he's owing three and he's averaging just six yards in attempt 55 percent completions and it, it you know it just flummoxes him it seems like he just you know three touchdowns five picks uh, he just seems to get confused by it. And this Houston Texan team, for whatever reason, it predates even Lawrence. They've just owned the Jaguars. They are 9-0 and straight up against Jacksonville in their last nine. And, and they're 5-0 and straight up against Jacksonville in their last five when they've been a, an underdog. So this is just what Houston does. They just beat Jacksonville, just like Jacksonville always handles the Colts. So... Uh, you know, for a money line dog, you know, obviously Jackson was the better team. Now, obviously, Jacksonville is more motivated and Lawrence is playing well right now. But uh, this could be a little bit of a slip up spot for them uh, against just use the team that's playing pretty feisty. I mean, you know, take it down to the wire against Dallas, down to the wire against KC and then uh, beat the the Titans uh, who were, uh, you know, had a lot to play for. So, uh, yeah, give me the Texans plus 180. Yeah, Texans are playing really well. Uh, just as an incompetent organization will do, they're trying to blow the number one overall pick. Uh, I still remember I got knocked out in Survivor really late in the year in one of my pools when the Jets beat the Rams. You remember that game? Yep. Which yep. which cost them Trevor Lawrence, ironically enough, and got them Zach Wilson. So, yeah, and the, the Jags, like, I think they'll care, but they might just be like, look, it's better. There's better equity and keeping everyone healthy. There's also a scenario where they know in like the second half that they're eliminated from the wild card based on one o'clock results. So then you just pull everybody Um, like you don't get Lawrence hurt. So yeah, I agree. This is a a good money line dog piece. And and Lawrence really has struggled with that. uh, Lovey Smith cover too. That's why they were going to be my pick if you didn't go with them. So yeah, let's go uh, (laughs) Cardinals and Texans. Gross. That's about a five. 5.7 5.7 X payout gets about 566 on a hundred hour bets. Uh, so uh, let's keep it going. And let's close it out with uh, 
the best of the rest games we haven't covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. Uh, we kind of talked about that game already, but Niners at Raiders, uh, that line is 10 now. It's probably still moving. Uh, the total 41 and a half. Uh, Niners rolling, Niners covering. Uh, I, Jared Stidham, I really want no part of this now. Uh, what about you? Yeah, absolutely no part. Uh, yeah. I was going, I was thinking about the Raiders, mm-hmm. and like now I'm thankful that I don't have to play them because I thought that the line was a bit in, inflated. I still haven't fully, you know, adjusted the Niners to Purdy is equal to Jimmy G. Right. Um, you know, he's been a very favorable game states. He's had, you know, he's five turnover worthy plays, the three big time throws, and we'll we'll see. I want to see him test it a little bit more. And you know, he's had a very easy. But the 49ers, since getting McCaffrey full time in week eight, eight no, seven one against the spread. Uh their uh, their offense is first, their rush offenses, their pass offense is first, their rush offense is third, DVOA. They were ninth and twenty-fifth before McCaffrey. How about their defensive ranks? Uh, their defensive, if you chart it, like EPA versus anything, it's the Niners are way out now above everyone else. They're first in points and yards per game, first in points and yards per play, first in yards per rush, number one DVOA, number one rush defense DVOA. Like, they are rolling right now. They are the scariest team in the NFC, in my opinion, if Purdy uh, can just get up to close to Jimmy G's level, which isn't asking a ton. But that's really the only question with this roster. Look, the Raiders, the pro- the problem with I was what I was scared about playing Carr is like he's been really bad his whole career when you can get pressure without blitzing. And the 49ers can do that. The Raiders also can't cover the slot or running backs out of the backfield. Chandler Jones got hurt. Denzel Perriman got hurt. Like their yeah. defense obviously blows. It's the worst pass defense in the NFL. Do I want to play Jared Stidham against this 49ers defense? No. Uh absolutely not. Maybe under. Um, but no, I'm not touching this game. Yeah, and the Vikings at the Packers, Packers up to three and a half, total 48 and a half. Uh, you know, I think the Vikings are tempting getting over a field goal, but we've talked about this all year. The Vikings are kind of overachieving, and the Packers are quietly, you know, top five in DVOA, uh, you know, since week 10. So uh, I think the line is more or less right. Probably should be a field goal, but either way, don't really want to, don't really want to uh, weigh points with i mean don't really want to weigh points with the packers to win by more than a field goal don't want to you know bet on the vikings who have just been overachieving uh what about you yeah by the way everyone has come around on the packers i was remember i was i was telling everyone midway through the year they're just getting so unlucky this offense is good um now christian watson has been important um he's didn't practice today but I still think that they'll be able to – everyone moves the ball on this Vikings song. Like, the, the, they made the Patriots look really good. This defense yep. is horrendous. Like, the Giants had, like, 450 yards out, gained by two yards per play last week. They With uh, – who were they throwing? Isaiah Hodgins had, like, 10 catches and uh, and Richie James. Like, they look like – Jerry made them look like uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I was getting confused which side of the offense I was watching. But – yeah, the Packers, the Packers defense still hasn't been great. They're getting lucky in turnovers. Now they're getting lucky, like in turnovers, red zone. They're they're 31st in the NFL since week nine on defense it, on EPA per play if you remove turnovers. So I think the Vikings will be able to move the ball here, but uh I think the Packers will be able to look. It's like Aaron Rodgers outdoors in a must-win game. Team is rolling. 
uh, against this lucky Vikings team. They're not going to lose this game. I mean, they could, but I don't think they are. I'm not laying three and a half. I took the money line, as I mentioned earlier, with Dallas on Thursday night. The one, a couple things of why I like this particular matchup. Now, there's you. You want to also want to watch uh, Yosh Nijman, their their tackle, who's been eighth in pass block win rate and first in run block win rate on tackles this year. He practiced limited fashion, which is big because uh, Newman stinks his backup. But uh, Kayshawn Nixon, who's been who plays their slot now and he's been the best returner in the NFL, they went from the worst returner in the NFL to the best. Uh, he's not practicing today, so that may matter. But the Packers, the reason their defense is still bad is the run defense is still bad. Um, their pass defense is good. They're blitzing a lot. And Cousins has been bad against the blitz this year. And the Vikings can't run the ball. They cannot run the ball. They can't run block. Since week eight, after their bye, Vikings dead last in the NFL in rush success rate. Cook on the season is only averaging 3.8 yards per rush in neutral situations. And he's not even seeing many loaded boxes. Their line is 32nd stuff rate, 30th in power success rate, bottom eight in line yards. So, yeah, they're, they, I don't think they can really capitalize on the Packers' weaknesses. I think Green Bay wins this game. Line is a bit inflated, which is why I took the one took the money yeah. line here with Dallas. Yeah. But um, for what it's worth, the 7 and 8 Packers are favored over the 12 and 3 Vikings. And 12 and 3 Vikings have, have six. If you look analytically, they should have about six wins or maybe a six and 19 plus five point differential, 11 wins, 11 straight wins by one possession NFL record. But uh, the seven and eight Packers are favored over the 12 and three Vikings. Just that this will be the 10th time in the past 20 years. Shout out Evan Abrams for this, that a team under 500 straight up will be favored over a team with an 80% plus win percentage in December or later. One of those previous nine, by the way, occurred with the lions against the Vikings a few weeks ago when they, one and covered the previous nine times this is these teams have been listed as favorites nine and oh straight up eight oh and one against the spread so yeah i think the packers get it done so but use them as a money line piece I, I wouldn't lay three and a half yeah agree all right that is gonna wrap it up for the week 17 action network podcast presented by fanduel be sure to check out stucky on twitter at stucky2 and me at chris raybon you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app and actionnetwork.com for all of our betting nfl content and otherwise until next time let's get this money and happy new year let's go Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.